Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon, shoot him out of a cannon. Head cannon. Head Welcome cannon. to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special go, uh, very special show, very special guest. Uh, what was the show? I'm, I'm trying to think of the movie. Jaws? Jaws. Jaws. Was it Jaws we did before? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wonderful, man. We know you through the Indianapolis comedy scene, comedy sports, Indianapolis. And now you've been out in California for years now. Uh, Mr. Noah Kinsey, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Good. Thank you, Corey. Uh, so glad to be back with you guys. So it's been it's been a minute, but it's always great to see some of my OG homies. Yeah. <laughs> OG homies. I went to a, I went to back to Indianapolis recently um, to see a show. My my comedy group was doing Defiance, and it was it was nice to be back. But it was you know comedy sports has moved now, and like you know Mass Ave was so. Seemed a lot different than even just like, you know, six, seven years ago, last time I was there. Oh, so Comedy Sports has moved off of Mass Ave. Yeah, they they, they, get, they had to give up the lease um, during, when COVID hit. Mm. And uh, they just recently got a new venue somewhere. Brent, you probably know better than I do. So like more uh, on the south side of Indy. Yeah, that's as much as I know, too. It's on the south side. It's very close to, yeah. to my place. Right. Yeah, right. Like yeah. close to you, Indy, I guess. Yeah. Okay. But Hopefully they open a yaps nearby. Like yeah, Wasn't right. like an old books and brews. That's yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so so anyway, no, what have what have you been up to recently? Ugh, lots. Yeah. <laughs> uh starting up a coffee company here soon, Spartacus Coffee. Nice. Hopefully we're launching uh next month uh online. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's, it's a coffee community. It's coffee specifically for people such as yourself where like, you know, self-starters, entrepreneurs, like people that just go after it and pursue their thing instead of just kind of being relaxed and letting things come to them. So it's really, it's and our community that we're building is all about empowerment. So every month we're going to highlight a gladiator of the month just talking about like someone really impressive and inspiring. And yeah, that's our, that's our goal is to really just build this community of positive thinkers where we all want to succeed and help motivate each other to be better. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And you've been, did you have this in mind when you, uh, cause your, your podcast is called 
Co- uh, coffee co- time. Coffee time, right? Oh, no. I, yeah, I'm, I'm addicted to coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I have no qualms about it. I am very addicted. And I love coffee. I love strong, dark coffee, rich coffee. So that's really what we're selling. Right. I mean, we'll have some that are a little bit higher on the caffeine scale, one with espresso, which isn't as dark mm-hmm. as other ones but i mean it, uh, the caffeine's there so you'll definitely be feeling that if you want a little bit of nitrous in your step but <laughs> yeah no how do you drink your coffee noah how do you drink it just black sometimes i put mct oil in it um okay. which is which is really good for you but for the most part just black no frills i don't need sugar or cream or any of that stuff yeah <laughs> is mct oil is it like an anti-inflammatory is that what that is or is that yeah but Right it's now, more for well. brain. It's okay. Yeah, it's 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 more for your brain. Hmm. Yeah, cool, man. Did you guys? You just mentioned like hitting the nitrous or whatever. I don't even like. I don't follow NASCAR. I'm not into racing really or anything. But did you guys hear about that race on Sunday where the guy? Uh, it was apparently whatever track they were at. The turns are really tight. So like right before you cross the finish line, typically what you do is like you really have to kind of hit the brakes and slow down and hug the inside of the turn to get around it, right? Well, this guy was in 10th position and he needed to be at least in like eighth to qualify or so. He had like two places to make up. So instead of hitting the brakes, he like hugged the wall, hit the gas and just like slingshotted himself around, just scraping against the wall. And he made was like, it on, on the outside wall, on he the outside it? wall. Yeah. Is that what was going on? I saw that video on Reddit and I, okay, that's what happened. Oh, weird. Yeah. So he, oh. pa- he made up like five spots. Uh, he, he passed like five people riding that and all the videos, everybody in the other cars are like, holy shit, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Did he fuck up his car? Oh, he he fucked up his car, but he qualified. Like he actually, yeah, it was at the end. He YOLO'd himself to victory. (laughs) But I think he, he broke like a 75 year record. Like he broke the record for like the fastest lap time on that track. (laughs) That sounds cool. I don't know much about that stuff, but that sounds really cool. I don't either, but I just, that video was so interesting. I like read a little bit about it and I was like, well, and, and the thing was, he was like, he was like, yeah, I did that. I, you know, I would do that move back in a, this video game, NASCAR 2005 on the GameCube. But he was like, I didn't know if it would work in real life, (laughs) but leave it up to Nintendo. Just making sure everything's super realistic. Right. Yeah. Get those physics in place. But But um, but tell me uh more about your podcast. I really enjoyed your podcast. I I, I know I checked out the episode you did with Adam Dix. Um, mm. that was a lot of fun. And then oh, you pointed me to that one. I don't know if you want to talk about this a little bit, but the yeah, we can talk about whatever. Yeah, well, just the one where you talk about where I, it started as a joke, but then people really uh, started. <laughs> people yeah. thought you were JFK Junior online. Yeah, for about a year. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it did start off as a joke where, you know, for for your listeners who somehow missed this, is <laughs> there a group of people in the, within the QAnon world believe that uh, JFK Jr. has been alive this whole time, that his plane uh, crashing was a hoax, and he had been basically underground and hiding until it was safe for him to come out and Recame, reclaim his rightful place as Trump's VP, because I don't know if you know this, but Trump is actually the president. Right. Um, right. You know, of course, the, the election was totally stolen from him. Yeah. Um, but even though it was stolen, 
it wasn't because he still is president. It's, it's convoluted, but anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I made this fake JFK Jr. account that I wanted to be satire. I don't know if you remember where there was a cow that was trolling David, or is it Devin Nunez? Okay. Where he wanted to sue him because he was getting annoyed by this thing. And then there was a big bird running against Ted Cruz for Senate on Twitter. I wanted it something like that. And I thought my tweets were a little bit obvious. Right. But I basically played it as if, like, instead of Brendan Fraser, it was JFK Jr. that came out of that bomb shelter from Blast from the Past. Right. Where, like, I thought I was being obvious. Where one of it was, like, saying... Because I looked it up, I did my research, <laughs> and the year, uh, the, JFK Jr.'s last year on Earth, the first season of The Sopranos came out. Okay. So I did a tweet where I was, where, you know, because he's in a bunker, he doesn't have access to all this stuff down there because he got to keep him safe. Right. And so I did a tweet where I was like, finally, I get to catch up on Sopranos, seeing, or er, Judging on how strong the first season is, I can only imagine the series finale is incredibly satisfying. Like, <laughs> right. Like, you know, obvious joke. pissed off at that finale. Right. Um, when the lights just turned off. And then I also had another one, because talking about, like, how he met all of Trump's inner people and stuff, and one of the things said, like, um, you know, now that I'm out here, uh, you know, I used to think Roger Stone was very generous but now that I'm out in the real world, I realize all of these Circuit City gift cards he gave me are worthless. <laughs> um, right. But like just stuff like that. But then people started believing. Like some people would be like, I, you know, I know there's been people doubting you, but I believe you're really JFK Jr. Right. And my Twitter following grew faster there than on my actual Twitter following <laughs> just when it came to like how fast the stuff was growing. And I'd have people like private message me wanting to talk and. I never outright came out and said, yes, I am him. But when people would like say, well, no, I don't believe who you are or whatever. And in a tweet, I would just be like, I know I'm me. Right. You know, because <laughs> Noah knows he is Noah. I'm like, I know I am me. I don't, I don't need you to know who I am. I know who I am. Right. Um, and that, I'd respond like that. But, you know, I got to know these people and some of them. And yes, there's some like insanely crazy people. I think I mentioned on the podcast, like, yeah, there's some people where they would post memes and gifts where it looked like a bunch of just far right patriotic imagery just vomited all over their screen, you know, and there was some kind of that's why I, I in the podcast, I don't say what my name was on, as JFK, like what my handle was, because there are some scary people. But for the most part, I was I started to empathize because a lot of these people just needed something to believe in. Right. And, you know, when you think about a lot of stuff that's out there that we're asked to believe or just trust uh, and just have blind faith in, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's some stuff is just as crazy as thinking that JFK Jr. <laughs> is alive. And a lot of these people are just to the point where they're just desperate. Cause let's be honest. I mean, when Democrats and Republicans fight, the only people who win are the politicians. Right. You know, like during the shutdown, when people weren't allowed to work, politicians never lost a paycheck. Right. We were struggling while they were nickel and diming us. And then you have major corporations stealing from PPP. You know, it's just when you when you have people who they're just, you know, like our world is not getting any better. And I think there's an exhaustion because there's toxicity. I mean, you go online and it's just, it's incredibly this cesspool of toxicity. 
you know, it's discouraging. So I think these people are just like trying to find something they believe in. So I started to have a little bit more empathy, you know, granted he is dead for the record, (laughs) but like I started to think less in like a mocking way or like a, how stupid are these people to be like, wow, like they're a product of our cultural and political downfall basically you know and so there were a few people were actually like they're like well my family won't talk to me anymore and blah 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 and there are, i don't know what happened with it uh with some of them but i you know i'd say like well just maybe don't talk about this belief there's no regardless of what you believe or all that stuff i mean family's family so maybe just don't bring that up and i try to like help people reconnect <laughs> with family and stuff like that because as as jfk jr yeah That's i mean once again i never said i was specifically him but i never said i was because it's <laughs> oh, just like so weird but oh. it, yeah but it's just like you know it, our political landscape is designed at this point to tear families and people apart because that's how the people in power profit yeah. You know, they want us to fight over the table scraps while they're having the feast. And I was at a point where it's like, hey, this person's talking to me directly in private message. If I can maybe try and suggest reconciliation with their family and focus on that more than like being extreme about politics, maybe some good can come from it. So, right. yeah, I discussed you know, that. Like, in that at episode. least you were like the good version of that. Yeah. Because oh, I could yeah. see like a version of that also being like, you know, like it would really help out if you would support. Oh, and people would tag me in, uh, in Twitters or right. in tweets from people claiming to be JFK Jr. or a post from him to be like, did you write this? And I'd be like, no, that's a fake person. So I was, I mean, people were having me. Uh, verify. verify all these different JFK Jr. things. And I kept saying, no, that's not real. That's, that's not real. That's stupid. Yeah. That's but not yeah. real. Like, <laughs> I would never try and pit you against your fellow man. Yeah. That's wild. So, well, and it's, and, yeah. And, and I almost don't know, like, I mean, it's such, you know, our, our modern age of internet and social media, all that. It's like, so, you know, for every pro, there's at least one con, you know, and I, and just, I don't know how you really com- combat the all the misinformation and people just believing whatever they want and any crazy crackpot theory they come across and um and you know it's putting people in contact who really never had contact before and I don't know that that's a good you know like you've got a guy living out wherever and all he comes across are other Trump supporter type dudes and now all of a sudden you throw him online where he can interact with you know, people who have vastly different beliefs from him and, you know, and maybe, you know, what he's saying is like probably hateful, terrible stuff. But before he was like insulated in this community where I don't know, you know, it's just like, I just think it's a bigger, bigger echo chamber. I think, you know, they're, they're small town. I came from a small farming community in Michigan that was its own super conservative, racist, homophobic echo chamber. And the only reason I was immune to that is because my family's, you know, multi-ethnic travels the country, you know, so they see a lot of experience, but a lot of people I grew up with would have never left that small town. And unfortunately, you know, you, you can see what that is. Um, so I think it's a bigger echo chamber. I think there's pros and cons of social media um, for sure. I say one of the biggest surprises though, by doing that is I kind of tested the waters and found out that, 
people who believed in JFK Jr. weren't necessarily diehard Trumpers. Because mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned, like, uh, at one point, I'm like, yeah, he's mad at me because, like, I didn't laugh at one of his jokes. So, uh, like, we might not be running mates. I hope that's cool. And some people are just like, like yeah, no. Like, if, if Trump's not a part of what needs to happen to make this country better, then that's okay. So it's, <laughs> you like, know, once got, again, like, it's, it's so Jr. interesting because <laughs> I thought they're all, like, ride-or-die Trump, and they're really not. They just want something. They want, you know, all these broken promises, you know, um, even like when Hillary was saying, well, all these coal miners who are losing jobs, they, you know, they need to be trained to, lo- to learn a new skill. Like, that's not wrong. Right. But by saying that as a blanket statement and not being like, and here's the programs that are funded for that, then it's kind of like, well, OK, fuck you, too. Like, like, it's not a, it's not incorrect because, yes, the. Coal mining is there's fewer jobs in coal mining than there are working for Arby's. Right. But like, yeah, just to say that as a blanket, you got to do something. It's like, well, thanks. I'm in this dead town that I can't even financially be able to get out of. Right. Yeah. Well, so that, that's yeah. easy for you to say, lady who makes millions per speaking engagement. Right. So it's just it. it yeah. So but I think social media, it, it can be very toxic. And obviously with Elon buying twitter it's gotten infinitely more toxic and he's spreading misinformation just in the first 72 freaking hours yeah by replying to hillary clinton with a bullshit conspiracy theory article that had since been pulled suggesting that uh paul pelosi's attacker was his gay lover Uh, so like when you have the head of twitter pushing misinformation yeah. Yes. Well, that's, <laughs> and, yeah, and and like I I just don't know how we get off this track of like headed down like just straight up fascism. Like I don't I don't know how we get off this track where eventually a Republican's going to get into power who's going to be willing to cuz fortunately for us Trump Trump was fairly inept, right? Like yeah. he he was just he was just thrashing around. Like he's, you know, he was he was in over his head. He didn't know what he was doing. He was just kind of thrashing around. But eventually, in the near future, you know... Yeah, DeSantis is just if Trump knew what the fuck he was doing. Exactly. And and you get somebody like that in office who knows what they're doing and is willing to wield the full might of that office any way they can. And, and, you, and now we know Republicans aren't going to balk at anything. You know, he could say, you know, uh, you know... We're gonna we're gonna send. I declare martial law in the cities. We're gonna not have any more elections. We have to suspend elections, but for election safety and to keep these immigrants from voting and say whatever. And like we like the Repu- Republicans will be like, yeah, that's no, that's good for freedom and and for America. We have to suspend democracy. Like that's right around the corner, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, at, at this point with the Republican Party, it's. I'll just say this now: Democrats have their problems too. But I can't say they're both equally bad because that's a horseshit straw man argument. But I just want to put that out there right. because I am a registered independent. I always mention that on my podcast <laughs> and I've gone off on Andrew Cuomo and uh, Gavin Newsom on my podcast. But people still think I'm like this crazy lib. I am not. Right. I'm just a critical thinker that uses his brain. Um, but like, yeah, you look at Republicans or right now the name of the game is owning the libs. I mean, you had Ron DeSantis pull the special privileges for uh, Disney World to be able to govern itself because of the whole, like, being against the Don't Say Gay Bill, the Parental Rights Act. Right. Uh, technically. Um, and just because they spoke out against it, 
he wanted to retaliate, which is fascism and disgusting. And I don't use the word fascist lightly at all ever. Right. Like I try and only use it if it actually applied. But like he he pulled their rights away from that, which cool, I guess, but the not only does that go against the whole Republican thing of let businesses private businesses do their own thing, but that also then gave Florida taxpayers two billion dollars in debt that they had to pay off that Disney didn't have to anymore. So yeah. they're but meanwhile they're all high five and uh, Ron DeSantis, and they don't give a shit that their life has now just gotten worse and their taxes have gone up because look, he owned the libs. Right, right. Well, no, and I, you know, and I'm, I'm pretty far left myself, you know, and I, I view Democrats as largely like corporatist, uh, corporatist centrist. Like, yeah, Democrats have their problem, but I, just, I just don't view them as the existential threat to democracy. They're not. That they're that, not. That Republicans are right. Their now, problems you know. are very different than Republican yeah. problems. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I just, I only want to put that out there, not to say that they're the same, but just to be like, I don't want people thinking I'm just this one-sided shill or whatever, because right. <laughs> I have my issues with Democrats as well. But like, like you said, they're not the existential threat right now. Yeah. Like they're not, they're just a little, um, up their own ass. And that's why I'm really worried about the midterms because there's a lot of stuff that if they were just listen to people they would know they should focus on but they have their other shit they want to focus on and it's going to lose them votes unfortunately yeah, yeah for sure hey but i want to apologize a little bit ago and obviously i was late and i and i'm sorry about that my daughter was throwing up in the bathroom <laughs> but and i apologize to Corey and noah because i seem not present after i got on my fire alarm started going off my smoke alarm Okay. And they're all wired together. And so the, everyone in the house goes off. When I, I guess a battery dies, there wasn't a fire. There was no fire. Oh, good. <laughs> You're but, not but, like, sitting in a fire right now. I had to like, push all the buttons. I noticed if I pushed the button that it would stop beeping. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? That uh, I just remembered what I was going to say now. Um, just, uh, you know, you were talking about the way Republicans operate and they seem to go against their own, uh, you know, freedom for business or whatever. And that, and, and again, not that, Democrats are a shining pillar of like consistency and uh, whatever the opposite of hypocrisy is. But I mean, the, the Republican platform really just seems to what their stance seems to be like, whatever is beneficial at the time um, is. And the main, th the real, the thing that really drove this home is, you know, the, 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 when Roe v. Wade was, was overturned and, you know, I, I, I talk to people in, in my life who, you know, they're like, and they say this about every issue when they want to take rights away or knock down protections. They're like, well, that shouldn't be a federal thing. That should be a state issue. That's a state issue. Let states deal with it. Right. But then as soon as those protections are knocked down and a Republican gets into power, then it's going to be like, actually, we want to make abortion illegal everywhere. Right. So it's like it's a state's rights issue until they're in power and they can like force their, you know, they can like force their will on everybody, you know. Yeah, no, and unfortunately, whenever I hear states' rights, I have to roll my eyes because that is a racist dog whistle. Right. Um, that's not – that's all that that is. Um, well, I take it back. So it's a racist dog whistle, but it's also a way for politicians who operate on the federal level to be able to be like, well, it's not my fault. It's the state's fault. They mm -hmm. want that. I don't want that. Like I'm not saying – I want it, but I'm just saying this, leave it up to the state. It's a, it's a bullshit. It's a, 
it's a cowardly way to get out of having to do anything. Right. But also, like, it's states' rights is legit a racist dog whistle. Um, But, yeah, that's – and it's funny. uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, had it come out a little bit later in the year, it would have been just the perfect gift for Democrats. But at this point, we're so exhausting because that feels like it happened 500 years ago that it's not as big of a deal. But the fact of the matter is Republicans – if they're being honest and they never will be, they didn't want it overturned. They wanted to keep it where it is. That is their golden ticket. Cause there's so many single issue voters on abortion that all they had to do was just talk about how terrible it is and how, how they're going to overturn it. And they didn't want to overturn it. That was the perfect thing for them to platform on for so long. Right, but now they're forever. the dog that caught the car. Yes. <laughs> and you know, and, So, and you have a few people out there, a few idiots like Lindsey Graham and others that are trying to push federal stuff, but then you have other Republicans that, like Mitch McConnell, was like, no, I don't agree with Lindsey Graham's thing because he wants it to be a state's rights issue, so then he doesn't have to deal with it. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's just, when you look at the Republican stance right now, and all they do is talk about how the Biden administration and the radical left are doing all this stuff, but they aren't proposing anything right you know it's they're they're acting like the scrappy underdogs but as we saw when trump got into power and they had the supermajority, they could not get their shit together because they're so used to being the ones like yelling from the outside or at least that's how they would position themselves right so when they're all fully in power it was like what do i do now and you saw not a lot of shit went through because you had different, not that dissimilar to how Kristen Cinema and um, Joe Manchin like mucked things up for the Democrats, but it was much worse for the Republicans because you had the Freedom Caucus, you had a lot of different <laughs> groups that just could not agree. Like some things were too conservative, some things weren't conservative enough, and it's just they need to be the outliers. They. They talk about the mainstream media, but uh, it's kind of bullshit because Fox News has way more viewers than anybody else. So you can't get more mainstream than Fox News. Right. But they have to be the underdogs trying to speak the truth from the outside. And it's just. Right. But how does that help citizens? How does that improve people's lives? You know, it reminds me one of the biggest gut punching quotes from any movie is from American History X, where. Uh, the Edward Norton's in the prison hospital after getting violently assaulted by an inmate and his black principal came to, to visit him. And he said, all that hate that you've, that you've had in your heart and that you've lived by, has that made your life any better? Like, and to me as like a teenager, it's like, Ooh, like yeah. <laughs> Ooh. that just, and that's the thing. Like you look at all this and all this owning the libs and all this hate and anger and, Damn those drag shows sexualizing children. Darn CRT, which isn't even fucking taught until college. Like, that's making white kids feel bad. Like, oh, no, like, all this stuff. It's like, dude, has has being pissed off about that actually made your life better? Because it kind of feels like it's made it worse. Right, yeah. And was it, yeah, and how much of that stuff was affecting your life before? Like, how, like, how was your life worse because a trans person used a bathroom like how you know uh, yeah it's it's, even just a stupid ad i've gone over it so many times on my podcast and on my tiktok videos the stupid ass thing about pronouns Mm -hmm. regardless conservatives are wrong about pronouns i'm an um my mom was an english teacher so grammatically yes you can't pick your own pronouns that's actually one of the 
parts of pronouns is literally that since right. the beginning of time. And yes, they and them is singular. Right. That's always, been a thing forever. Like fucking been. read Shakespeare. Yeah. But like, who cares if someone wants to be called Ted Cruz wants to be called Ted. His name's Raphael. Like for a dude against pronouns, he sure insists people call him a different noun. <laughs> like, but once again, who cares if right. I'm calling someone who looks to me like what I qualify as a man or what I in my social construct learning as a man, if that person says, well, I'll be she, her, my life is not affected whatsoever. Right. The only way it's affected is if I refuse to do that. And the way it's affected is I become more of an asshole. Right. Like that's it. So like just the fact that like even the most innocuous, innocent, nothing things you're against it's like how first off that doesn't negatively affect your life but how does it help your life right yeah Yeah. i thought of something the other day was this um this guy i knew through through my wife like my wife lived in south carolina for a little while moved out there and started like coaching cheerleading and like made friends with like some of the parents and like she didn't really understand, like get it, like at first that like these people were were racist, like because there was just so much racism in South Carolina, at least at the time. I'm, it's probably the same way. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but but um, she made really good friends with the with this with this older, much older couple, right? They were like they were like in their fifties at the time, and um, just became really good friends with them, and like they were they would say kind of like some racist stuff and. And she would, like, have this, like, sort of, like, man, I don't know. Like, she didn't really want to be buddies with them anymore, you know. And then the guy, he got he got cancer. He got, like, prostate cancer, right? Like, total, in a way, that's like a total death sentence. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we went out to visit them, you know, kind of, like, because, like, she coached her daughter. And it was, like, this, she, you know, she, the daughter is really cool, like, not like that. But, like, she, she felt like she would say hello to the fam. I went with her. So like we went and we stayed in this hotel room and this dude, like he, um, he started smoking pot to like, just to, for, for like the pain, you know? And so that was like one of the last times I smoked pot was with this guy and Carol, like Carol, it was at this hotel in Ohio and Carol left and we, with the wife and you know, they, they were doing their thing and talking and I was talking to this guy who's like dying. And I mean, like, seriously, he, after we had this conversation, he died like, like three months later. Right. And like, while we were talking, I was, you know, he started like talking about like life and stuff and, um, and, and how, you know, he's coming, he knew things were ending and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, like, what do you, what do you appreciate most about things? Like, like, what do you think about a lot now? And you know what he said? And this is out of the blue. He just goes, I just really hate. And then he said the N word. Mm. What? What that was his like big takeaway, and I was just like, <clears throat> yeah, I was in like you know I was in like my mid twenties at the time, like still like hadn't formulated like a good like ideal of shit, you know, and it was, but I remember being like so like taken aback, like that's what you're gonna put your energy in, like right. yeah, for real. I swear to God that happened. That was like such a weird weird thing, and and that dude died like three months later just still angry at like people who he doesn't even like come in contact with right yeah that's wild well but you have the political leaders who really implant that stuff and they do it to rally and 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 get people fired up to support them 
and unfortunately, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's learned. It's not something we're born with and it's something that is rewarded. And there's so much, you know, one of the things that, you know, piece by piece I talk about in my coffee time podcast is kind of explaining the context of a lot of that shit is ingrained in our society. And there's even, you know, even in, in lesser degrees of that, there's stuff that we might not even, we might either repeat or believe not knowing any better because, uh, because of how we're taught. I mean, and you really have to have to be willing to eat crow and accept that some of the stuff that you were taught is wrong or was, you know, told to you by bad actors in order to want to change and want to have your eyes open. I mean, like with the Kanye thing, my episode this week is (laughs) called, we have to talk about Kanye where I was more shocked where I, I, I had a TikTok video talking about that and I had a shit ton of people a lot like this thing went huge and the vast majority of comments were saying like Kanye's right. Right. I stand with Kanye. He was just speaking the truth. And you know, a lot of people truly believe a lot of that stuff about Jewish people, uh, but don't believe it's hate. They just believe it's fact. And, you know, I've been slowly little by little exposing why that is, where that came from. Uh, I'm going to, in the future, when I can get my head out of the water and breathe, I'm going to do an episode on Operation Paperclip. I was where, gonna, I was I gonna, know, do you guys know about Operation Paperclip? Yeah, and I've, I actually heard it, and I've, I heard you mention it on your podcast that you were going to do an yeah. episode on it. So I was yeah, gonna ask so you that's about that, where yeah. instead of uh, imprisoning or executing a bunch of Nazi scientists, America just gave them new identities, gave them uh, uh, U.S. citizen status, and had them working for NASA to yeah. fight in the space race against Russia. And Russia did the same thing. So. You have all of these Nazis. You have over 2,000 Nazis that were, in, you know, implanted into our society. And guess what? They have kids. And yeah. what do you think they're going to teach their kids? And do you think they're going to teach their kids that their beliefs are wrong when they've been rewarded instead of punished and get accolades at the end of their careers at NASA? No, that shit's no. going to just be ingrained to the point where a lot of hateful rhetoric is believed to be true and that's the same thing like with different races you know it's the same reason why last year that aaron i don't remember his name i probably shouldn't bring it up again because he shouldn't be mentioned but that dude that went to the couple massage parlors to kill a bunch of asian people you know yeah of asian stereotypes about what happens at those um because he's he'd never been any of them but he claimed to be a sex addict well where do you think you put two and two together on that stuff? So it's unfortunate that people have these beliefs. You know, like when Trump says I'm the least racist person ever, he wasn't lying. He genuinely thinks that. Right. He genuinely believes that. He just believes the thought he has about black people is accurate. Yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. Like I think most people in the United States who like, that's the thing. Most people, when they say racist shit or do racist shit, they don't think, Oh, I'm being an evil racist. They're like, they think, no, this is good. And what I'm saying is justified and true. And they've, you know, they just don't have the objectivity to recognize like, no, that's actually like racism. Like what you're saying right now is, is based in racism. You know, it's like the way, 
the, the three of you know that we were brought up we have like a certain vernacular like things that we like to talk about interests and stuff and like it seems like racism just like has a little has a little or a lot of real estate in some of these people's brains you know yeah. like that's yeah. just a topic that they talk about and well school, it helps to especially when you're right now good oh no i'm sorry in school like um in elementary school in the south like they talk about like what you were just saying earlier no about like states rights and shit like like it, it, you know like it's like a blanketed like idea like underneath that blanket is like fascism and racism but like they can co- sugarcoat it with this idea of like oh you know like there was other stuff going on and like sort of like I don't know, like, either they're spacing themselves from, like, slavery or they're just, like, making it not as bad by saying, hey, we were wrong, too, and shit like that. Right. I think it takes a toll on a a child's brain. Yeah, it really does. Well, and I think think that has always been the problem that this country specifically has really had is, like, Operation Paperclip is a more recent example, but even back to, like, you know, the, when we abolished slavery and the Civil War and all that, I we never took a hard enough stance to stamp out racism and say no, we're not. That's not okay. We're not cool with that. We're gonna, fu-, you know, we were we'd like compromise with the South. We we're compromising and okay, like you know, you could still be racist down there, but like, you know, it's just I don't know. We we have always coddled racists in this country, and. I don't think it, like at no point the leadership of this country has ever done a good enough job of like aggressively yeah. targeting racism yeah. and like the worst like like not the worst the, like the, the the best thing they ever did was like and I'm using that loosely was like bringing like the national guard down to like the, where ruby bridges went to school right like there's not really a whole lot of other examples of that like at all right well like, and, and let's, Fucking you, fight this shit, right? And you have, and you have, you know, so many examples after that of, uh, you know, around the same time of, you know, Black Wall Street or like bombing black neighborhoods, like you know that that you know the FBI like working to to assassinate Martin Luther King, like you or, know, or send him a letter suggesting he should probably kill himself because they have blackmail material on him that he was cheating on his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's recently come out too, hasn't it? Where yeah. he was quite the yeah, full that's... answer. Yeah. Yeah. That that is an official thing that recently came out. Or like the DEA specifically putting drugs in the projects to suppress black people. Like that recently also came out publicly. Like that they confirmed that they've done that to keep keep those people down yeah um but yeah even back i mean you can even go back yes and i have an episode on the confederate flag of monuments where i do talk about (laughs) about that and the reconciliation period but you even go back to uh the the our forefathers where they were wanting to declare independence from england they most of them weren't super thrilled with slaves and kind of wanted to make a blanket like everyone's equal, but they knew they wouldn't get a consensus agreement to emancipate, to agree to emancipate for everybody if they did that. So they're like, well, they kind of kicked the can down the road who said, well, we're cool with the South having slaves, you know, for now. We'll, we'll get to it eventually. Right. But for now, you know, we're, you do you, we do us. Let's just agree to get England out of here. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, to, I don't have a good segue or a great pivot, so I'm just I'm just gonna. This is gonna be the roughest segue ever. Uh, so Noah, the movie we're talking about tonight uh, is 
20 that came out this year right 2022's uh, yes. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I know I gave you a you know a list of maybe I don't know fifty movies or so we wanted to cover. And um, so yeah, I'm just curious why why you chose this movie and and what your general feelings about it are. Uh, I chose this movie because I love it. I think <laughs> it, in the most recent phase of the Marvel movies and TV shows, I think it by far is the strongest. Um, also it kind of proved me a little bit wrong. I was a little worried about, I thought the first Dr. Strange was fine. Yeah. Like it's kind of when, if I'm ranking all the movies, uh, Marvel movies, it's probably middle of the road for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have to get into the unfortunate casting of a white lady for being the ancient one, but, uh, but I was a little worried. I, I have mixed feelings about Sam Raimi. He's hit or miss for me. Mm. I love the first Evil Dead and love Army of Darkness. I do not like Evil Dead 2 because it's just a lesser, uh, more expensive reboot of the first Evil Dead. Right. And uh, while I'm a massive Spider-Man fan and enjoyed his movies when they came out, they do not hold up at all. They're actually completely fall apart, like trying to, you know, sneeze through a public school tissue. But like... uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah. yeah, I think Andrew Garfield is far better than Toby for both Peter and Spider-Man, but I think Tom Holland is, like, perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Chef's He's kiss. Great. Perfect. Yeah. He's great. Um, but, and I actually think Amazing Spider-Man, the first one, I think that one's, compared to the Raimi's, I think that's the best until you get to Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one kind of... If they would have continued in the world, I think people would have been more forgiving because it definitely tries to – it does the thing that Black Adam and Tom Cruise's The Mummy and Iron Man 2 did where it tries to just put a shit ton of seeds for the universe. Right. So I – but yeah. seeing as how it's by itself because there's never a third one, I feel it just – is a mess right so um <laughs> right with i, I always like forget it, like you like you i whenever i think of paul giamatti being in that movie i'm like what yeah let's forget what? about that that was just <laughs> terrible like he honestly though that would have fit much better in the raimi spider-man world because right. that is when people weren't really taking superhero movies seriously um and still they're like oh they're for little kids and you can do the whole g golly like goober <laughs> stuff that toby was doing right so that makes more sense but then when you kind of get a little bit more grounded and the mcu did such a good job of being like hey what if the superheroes were in our world like right. let's take them serious um you know then the the like for example uh spider-man 2 which everyone says is like the best Raimi Spider-Man and at the time was the best superhero movie. I watched that. I've been drinking a little bit, full disclosure, but I watched that and the bubble burst where I was just like, this is not good. And the whole cool like subway train fight, mm-hmm. which was so gripping when I was younger, was so cool and so iconic. I watched them like, the only reason these people are in danger is because Peter refuses to get it off of the subway. There's so many times that Dr. Octopus was trying to take the fight elsewhere and Peter kept bringing it back to that same cart. Those people were only in danger because of him. You know, that just blew my mind. I'm like, he's the jerk in this situation. Right. But anyway, sorry, that's a long tangent, but so, but I think this is probably Raimi's best movie he's ever done. And I can appreciate that he incorporated his love for zombie stuff 
and horror stuff in a mm. way that really works and does not uh, detract from what they're trying to do. It doesn't get a little lesser than sometimes Sam Raimi, even in the Spider-Man's some of the, the cheesy horror stuff just doesn't hold up. And you're like, okay, it takes you out of it. You're like, okay, that one was for Raimi. That wasn't for me. Right. No, I feel you. Yeah, I still, I, I, I feel like people have tried to rehabilitate Spider-Man 3 recently. But I've, man, I just never, from the first time I saw that movie up until now, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, like what is going on? And I, I, I and maybe it is nostalgia, but I still have a soft spot for Spider-Man 1 and 2. I agree that Tom Holland is, uh, like, these modern Spider-Man movies are way better by far. But I do, but thinking of Sam Raimi's influence on him, I still really like the, uh, especially the scene where the tentacles come to life for uh, Dr. Octopus. And it's, it is like, it's just like a little, that taken by itself is like a fun little Sam Raimi vignette, right? Like a, like a short horror film, you know? That's very Raimi. Yeah. It's super Raimi. very Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I agree. I, I love this movie. I thought it was well done. You know, I was a little, I, cause I really liked the first Dr. Strange and especially the, um, you know, some of the visuals where he, where she like, she's like, uh, you know, open your third eye and he's like going through the astral plane. And, and I, I thought a lot of that was cool as shit. So I was a little worried when Ra- when, when Scott Derrickson stepped down and, and when they hired Raimi, I really like, I was thinking about Spider-Man three. I was like, Oh, how's this going to go? But no, I think I think he did great. I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I really I thought I thought they really uh, stuck the landing on it. So Brent, yeah, I remember not. I didn't dislike the original, the first Doctor Strange, but then I actually had a student like talk it up, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, really? You thought that was a good one, like the best?" And I had a rewatch like maybe a year ago. And I really liked it. I don't know. I was just like enthralled by it. And I really loved the visuals. I like this idea of just this like, just like bending time and like switching, like like just like yeah. manipulating reality is so neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like in this movie, even though it was like a, it was like a pointless fight until the very end, but like, they're like taking musical notes and like firing them. <laughs> yeah, at that was cool. Stuff. Yeah. It wasn't like hurting each other like at all, but like the idea that they were like taking like a famous like like classical music song and like blasting it at you or whatever it was kind of neat yeah i felt like Raimi was able to or maybe we should credit the screenwriter for this really able to open up the world of what's possible like the you know like i said i like the first one fine um it really focused a lot on sling ring and uh like the mirror dimension as well as, you know, the buildings that kind of reminded you of Inception. Uh, what's that Christopher Nolan Inception kind of reminded you a little yeah. bit of that. Yeah. But uh, for sure with this, it was like, okay, in the world of magic, what else is possible? Yeah. Um, and I just, I love that with the musical notes and with some of the other stuff, I just thought it was so clever and fun and, but you could still take it seriously. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the multiverse stuff in general if done well yeah. with respect. Like the Spider-Man cartoon, um the the you know the Spider-Verse. Oh my god, I oh, love yeah. that so much. Yeah, such a great movie. I, I love Oh, I was I was so happy when that. I pretty much just watched the Oscars for that cuz I'm like <laughs> it better win cuz it deserves.
times. And so, so happy when it did. I love the third uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, and this just didn't disappoint. Oh my God, John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> you know, there's been, I love that because that showed that Marvel listened to the fans because there's been for years people oh. being like, oh, we want him as Mr. Fantastic. And the thing is, they probably at the time didn't know who they were going to cast, but they listened to the fans and just including him as in the Illuminati. Even if we don't get him for the actual Mr. Fantastic, we got enough that that was awesome. Yeah. And it's very dramatic when he dies. I mean, Oh my, that stuff was you know, dark. Just, like, Holy superheroes so quickly. It's very like shocking. Like to see him then like unravel like string cheese. Right. And then his, his head just pops. Like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That stuff was dark. I was like, oof, they are pushing yeah. the PG 13 rating to the edge. I will say, I thought it was weird. Cause like right before you meet the Illuminati, like Dr. Strange is talking to the guy and he's like, so you're Hydra. Right. And he's like, and, I, and I'm on board. I'm like, oh, it's Hydra. And yeah. he's like, no. I'm like, what, who is it? The Illuminati. And I was like, what? The Illuminati? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's actually in Marvel Comics. Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that there actually is. And same thing with uh, Incursions. Oh, so okay. the most recent Secret War, I think 2016, there was yeah. a, a whole series called Secret War. And uh, in the Avengers uh, book, leading up to it was the Illuminati, which also includes Namor and Black Panther. Um, they are dealing with these incursions where there's a rip, you know, there's a tear in the multiverse and the different universes are crashing together and destroying each other. Yeah. So the Illuminati kind of took it upon themselves, exactly like in this movie where it's like they handle the stuff too big for anybody else and do the things yeah. that others won't. It's kind of dark, but they were like, destroying other uh universes in order to preserve 616 which is ours yeah um, yeah and so that's a real illuminati is a real thing yeah. that's in the marvel well, comics doing exactly this yeah well and, and um, also so I the, dug it. yeah i was gonna say also in the comic books brent they because in the movies um in age of ultron the Hulk decides like he's too dangerous to be on earth. So he like flies away, right? He takes a spaceship and goes and crashes yeah. on Sakaar. And then we see him again in Thor Ragnarok. Um, yeah. In the comic books, it was the Illuminati who they decided they were like, Oh, this guy's too dangerous. So they like put him on a spaceship and shot him into space. So then, so you have the added layer of like the Hulk is fucking pissed that the Illuminati shot him into space. So, so I, can I ask you a question about the Illuminati then? Yeah. In this movie? To clarify, because I may have missed it, is it like members from all types of universes, or is it no? Like they were all in that one specific universe. It was okay. that specific, the one that they traveled to, where do they killed that Doctor Strange. Yeah. They're all yeah. from that specific universe, so that's the okay. universe that has 20th Century Fox's X Men. Yeah, and that has a. Uh, uh captain i'm british uh, captain, captain carter yeah, yeah captain carter Cap captain yeah. marvel so and then um, i thought it was funny when they show professor x like rolls in in like a like a bumper car yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he upgraded and his I was, wheels i was half expecting like the next scene to be him like slowly spinning in a teacup <laughs> that'd be pretty cool <laughs> well, they took it from disney world for one of the rides yeah well, and i think he was <laughs> supposed to be placement. corporate you... integration <laughs> Well, he was supposed to be a version of, of Professor Xavier from 
the cartoons. Did you ever watch the cartoons in the nineties, Brent? The X Men? Oh, yeah. Okay. Every now and then, yeah. Yeah. So he had his like big yellow wheelchair, like hover chair. So it okay. was and even even when he wheels in, like they play the theme, like a version they of play that music. They play a version. Yeah. So and they're doing a new they're doing a continuation of that cartoon called X Men ninety seven is a cartoon that's gonna come out. That's cool. They've they've done that comic line for a couple years now. Where oh, okay. it's the same same character designs as the cartoon from the nineties as a comic book. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but like like Noah was saying, Brent, in the comic books it was mostly like Doctor Strange, Professor X, uh, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, and then it was Iron Man, uh, Black Panther and and Namor, who's gonna be in the upcoming Black Panther movie. I can't wait. Yeah. That looks so good. That movie looks looks incredible. Yeah. Which it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, like, man, it was so wild when Chadwick Boseman like just like died out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'll be very interested to see how they continue. But I'm down. I'm down for it. This looks amazing. And even Namor, the way that like MCU has done a really good job of being able to translate comic book characters pretty seamlessly to the screen. Yeah, You know, that's not always been the case. Even the Green Goblin and Raimi's thing looks stupid compared to, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, it was like, a, I get it. Like, it's tough to try and find a reason for why someone's wearing the same stuff from the comics. You, right. you really can't, like, it's a little bit hard because, you know, Green Goblin in the comics, his eyes basically pop out of his mask, you know? I mean, it's, it's really hard to translate that so i get what they did i didn't like it but i got it and i also i wasn't really going to criticize it that much because i understand the challenge that they had but mcu has done such a good job with that i mean even like aquaman his his nemesis in the first one was uh ocean master Okay. If you read that in a comic book you're like okay his name's ocean master but then the moment that the great Patrick Wilson is like, I am Ocean Master. It's like, oh, bro, you should not say that out loud ever. That right. is the opposite of badass. Right. Like, it just, it doesn't work. It works fine on paper, but right. on screen, that's just the corniest shit. Right. <laughs> so I feel like MCU has done such a good job of being able to find a way to make those characters appear on screen without, and change it up a little bit to be more palatable for the masses than how they were in the comics yeah yeah for sure and over time and i think wanda's a, a an interesting example because she started you know dressed in like street clothes when we met her in yeah. age of ultron and then she's kind of gone through this you know her her wardrobe or whatever has gone through you know she kind of had her avenger suit which is a little more stylish but still like kind of ground and that like now that she's become the scarlet witch you know you've kind of got her Back to dress how she was. In I the feel comics, like her idea, of what a, yeah. her idea of what a mother is like is like what a little girl thinks of when she's real little. Like, <laughs> like if my kids, if my kids sang a song about wanting ice cream, <laughs> I think bedtime would be like twenty minutes earlier. <laughs> but you're not a mom. Yeah, they find well, that stuff cute. Well, <laughs> and you have to remember, like that version of Wanda at that point, she had been like, she had been missing. Her kids had had died essentially yeah. and she was like you know if if your if your kids were dead for years and then all of a sudden they're singing about ice cream anything they did would be cute you know now i know a big criticism is people really loved 
her character in WandaVision and really, you know, it's, it's a whole study on grief. Yeah. Um, I like that show, but I definitely feel the first four episodes could have maybe just been two and I would have been cool. I felt like the black and white stuff was a little long in the tooth, Yeah. but ultimately I really dug it. Uh, but people were just saying, well, it's kind of bullshit that she's the hero of that one. And she kind of beats Agatha at the Agatha, I think is right. Um, beating her at the end of it and now she's the villain and now she's dead and that just sucks that all of a sudden they just make her villain like WandaVision didn't matter and I just completely disagree I think you know when when you watch WandaVision I mean like I feel MCU has had such a nuanced approach to grief yeah uh, and just really I mean even look at like Endgame and all those characters after Thanos died five years later each of them personifies a stage of grief yeah you know like it's just it's so it, it, it but it's so not in your face so I get why people might kind of miss it and it maybe doesn't always appear the first time you watch it you're kind of I'm along for the ride the first time I watch it. And then later on I can rewatch and kind of appreciate some of the nuances that they're trying to do in those movies. But for me, like that whole thing, I mean, she was going through a psychotic break, that whole thing. And she's insanely powerful. So she's able to capture this entire town and make it her own, you know, like that's not a good guy (laughs) thing. Just because she fought a villain doesn't mean that she's the, yeah, the shiny protagonist. No, yeah, and and like she felt bad about it and released them at the end. But yeah, that whole show was about her having an entire town enslaved. Like that's yeah, you're right. She wasn't she wasn't like a good guy the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and if anything, Agatha just triggered something that accelerated her descent into madness and darkness. And, you know, so not only did she lose vision, which was the source of the initial grief, um, that meant nothing. Like she killed vision and it meant nothing. Cause with the snap of his finger, Thanos brought him, like she did this major sacrifice and Thanos is like, you just got punked. Yeah. and And then he killed yeah. Well, and, and an important thing, like I kept remembering, especially as I was rewatching this movie, like not only did she kill Vision and it ended up being for nothing, it was it was for nothing because Thanos was able to turn back time because he had the time stone because Doctor Strange had given him the time. Like, I mean, you could I could easily see in her mind how you could trace that back to being Doctor Strange's fault, you know? Yeah. But even with like, you know, she had a void for for her love um first time she's ever felt like normal and safe was with vision even when they were kind of on the run sort of yeah um during during infinity war or like leading the events leading up to that they were kind of on the lamb uh but now after wandavision now she's dealing with the grief of not only losing vision but losing her children yeah and now she's learning other universes has her children and she wants to go where that is and feel some sense of normalcy. And she's already like descended into that madness. So it's not exactly like she's thinking the clearest. Right. Um, which, you know, like when it comes to kids, sometimes parents aren't really thinking the clearest. They just think they have to be there to protect their kids. And I, I think this movie was brilliant that the way to solve the problem of how in the hell do you stop like the most powerful being on earth or in the universe um 
because she's stronger than Captain Marvel, apparently, seeing as how the alternate version got her ass kicked by her. Right. But, like, how do you do that? Who can finally stop her? And to have it be her basically looking in a mirror and seeing what she's doing to her kids that she loves so much, brilliant. Right. Well, yeah, and the, and the fact that it was America giving her exactly what she wanted is what defeats her. And which is, it's like, you know, a nice... I don't know. You could complain that it's simple or too compact or whatever, but I, I thought it was a really fun, it was a really good character arc for Dr. Strange to, in Christine's word words, learn how to hand over the knife and trust someone else and realize that, you know, to put his trust in this girl rather than him having to be the one to quote unquote, hold the knife, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue it'd be a simpler, lazier thing for them just to have a CGI, knock them, sock them, brawl at yeah, the end. And that's how they be. I think this is way more nuanced and clever than a lot of superhero movies. I brought up Black Adam because I just saw it, but that was kind of the end where he just beats the shit out of the bad guy until the bad guy dies. I right. mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even making a judgment call on that, but I'm just saying that's more typical. Right. And, and it's, it's this nice. is way more nuanced. Yeah, which, which is why I loved She-Hulk. I, I loved the shit out of She-Hulk. I don't know if you watched it, but I I uh, I like the pilot and the eighth episode, the one where she fought along Daredevil. Yeah, um, I like that. The, I I I would have preferred more of a more of a balance than just a Green Alley McBeal, like how the other episodes kind of felt. But I felt the episode with Daredevil where they're fighting together. I I was just like, ugh, that's what this show should have been. Just a perfect balance. Yeah. Of still having her personal stuff and professional. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Definitely the right choice for She Hulk. The actress yeah. is fantastic. Oh yeah, no, she's incredible. Holy and shit. But I but I mean I mean I really liked the the finale where they kind of called out that like the appropriate arc for this show is not a big knockdown drag yeah. out fight. Like that's not. You know, if you think that's how the show should end, then you 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 haven't understood like what the no. show is about. Yeah, that's you know? definitely not not for the show. Yeah, um, but no, I think we talked a little bit about. I mean, I loved some of these horror sequences, like the one like where she's coming through the mirror, you know, and and uh, and even like Oof, the more the that more was creepy as hell. I loved it. Oh yeah, no that yeah that was, and then even the one where she like uh, possesses the alternate reality Wanda for the first time. And, and you've got that Sam Raimi, like first person POV, you know, peeking out from behind the stairs. And then just the little details of like the storm in the teacup and the pictures, she's like walking past pictures and they're just like looking at her being creepy as fuck, you know, like, man, I thought some of that was so great. Yeah. Even staring I... into someone's pupil and like a bunch of skeletons fly out of your pupil is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were really clever with with a lot of that stuff. I I was really impressed with just the amount of detail and kind of going back, you know, to similar concept of like the musical notes, like yeah, finding ways where she was seen like in reflections and stuff like that. And she'll get in your mind, and I just there was a lot of really fun things they did with special effects. Yeah. Well, and one yeah. thing I saw, like, as I was researching this and watching some videos, I guess that uh, the monster, the tentacle creature at the beginning, who I guess is like, looks like Shumagorath, but because of rights issues, they had to call it Gargantos or whatever. Uh, but it, I thought it looked like from from um, from Big Trouble in Little China, that like eyeball ball. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, they should have just had that like a giant one of those. <laughs> but, um, but no, I guess they modeled that eye 
the shape and the color and everything. I guess it was modeled after Elizabeth Olsen's eye to kind of like foreshadow that it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. That's a nice little uh, Easter egg that, you know, you wouldn't even notice unless you knew that. That's fun. I like when they, I love when they do that. Like in the first Spider-Man, the Spider-Man homecoming, when Peter's in his school and it's a school like with this focus in science, Mm -hmm. uh, you have like, in the the mural in the background is people like Tony Stark and a few other like scientists, oh, like right. famous and scientists. Mark and Mark they, Ruffalo's up there, yeah. Yeah, and it's just stuff where it's like you're not gonna see it until like the third or fourth time because it's just it's like this is the detail for the people who've seen this enough where they're gonna then notice the other stuff because I miss that in movies back in the eighties and nineties. Set design would just sprinkle in so much detail. I just watched Poltergeist. Uh, again the other day by the way it doesn't hold up but anyway i loved how like the kids room had so many toys and games from the 80s that were like recognizable shit and you just don't see that anymore because i mean most most kids are into just electronics but it's like i miss those little details going into elliot's room in et right you see all that cool shit you're the coolest room yeah. yeah, like that stuff. You, I want my room to look like that. I thought when I was a kid, but I just I miss those little details. And MCU's done a really good job of just kind of sprinkling in little things. And I do appreciate uh, there. There were fan a lot of fan service moments, especially meeting the Illuminati. Yeah, but I feel like in other films, sometimes fan service moments kind of take away from the film, or there's a pause because they're expecting the audience to cheer like uh the force awakens i swear to god like every time one of the og star wars characters came out there was like a 10 second pause right for an applause break in the theater and i was in the theater and there were applauses every time but they basically would hold like they were in the opening credits of a 90s sitcom for like <laughs> five seconds and then they go do their thing but this movie it just felt like yeah they were cool even if they're Weren't, it wasn't necessarily dialogue after each reveal. It at least kept the pace moving. Yeah. Of like, yeah, look, he's coming in, and that's so cool, but he's also giving you information. So it's not just a cheap fan pop moment. Yeah. No, for sure. I absolutely agree. <laughs> no, I also heard in that scene specifically, I guess they were, there's a character, it's an Asgardian called Balder the Brave. Um, hmm. And, but I guess Daniel Craig was supposed to be like a, a cameo as Balder the Brave. But when they were filming it, I get he decided he was like, it's not worth like possibly exposing my family to COVID for one day of yeah. filming for this. He cameo. has young kids with Rachel Vice, so yeah. So yeah, so he he decided against it, but originally he was he was gonna do. He totally would have done it in the Force yeah. Awakens. He's one of the stormtroopers, and oh, you would never right. know it because he never reveals himself. But he wanted to do it, yeah. So he totally would have done it. I totally believe it was about COVID because he's. He is, he's a cool cat. Like, he's all about that. Yeah. No, not, He doesn't have an ego like you would think, being, you know, James Bond. Yeah. He doesn't and, have an ego. He's like, that sounds like fun. I'll do it. But, yeah. So I believe, I believe well, him. And, and he's just got such an intense presence, you know? But I, I remember way before James Bond uh, seeing him in uh, Road to Perdition. Mm. With, oh, yeah. Uh, and, man, I remember being like, whoa, that guy is like that guy's intense, you know? And that was yeah. the first time I'd ever heard. I was like, who's this guy, Daniel Craig, you know? Yeah. He, he really wasn't a super known actor until bond. I yeah. mean, like layer cake, a few other smaller things, but I mean, that catapulted him, which is yeah. great. 
Yeah, yeah. He's so which I, man, I love Knives Out so much. I can't. I haven't seen Glass. Oh, I haven't I seen too. Glass Onion, but I, I I'm excited. Well, to it's see not it. out yet. Oh, is it? Has it not been released? Nope. Okay. Not yet. But it's coming out. I think this month on Netflix. It'll come out for a week in 600 theaters, and then it'll be available the next week on Netflix. Okay. Cool. That's well. That Netflix option the two sequels for 450 million dollars. Oh really? They're, oh, so they're going to do another one as well? Yeah, there's two sequels. The first one's Glass Onion. Nice. I'm excited. And well, I like to like anything. I I I don't think I've seen a Ryan Johnson movie that I haven't loved. Like I just. Oh, you pretty... didn't see the Last Jedi? I did. <laughs> I I thought it okay. That's not a great movie. I thought it was by far the best of the trilogy. I thought it. Ooh. I I thought it was so much better Ooh. than the other two. <laughs> And it may not be a popular opinion, but I really I thought that one was great. I thought the mistake Poe needs to be in jail for the events of the Last Jedi. Who does? Like Poe. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's his Oscar name? Isaac. Knight. Um, Oscar yeah, Isaac. Yeah. Oscar Isaac. The only reason like eighty percent of the Resistance died was because he wouldn't follow leadership, and so all these all his friends are friggin' murdered just because he had ants in his pants and wanted to just fight. Yeah. Yeah, I love him, but my God, he committed some war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Accidental or not, he, he's responsible for. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, so, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, I was just really thoroughly impressed with this movie. I just felt from beginning to end, and I also have to say, I love how Marvel really, really doesn't feel the need to give away everything. They're just like, the audience will come or they won't. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just, let's tell them all we want to tell them and let's reward the people who come out the first weekend by them seeing all the stuff. Like, if you think about it, no one knew that Wanda was the villain of this movie. They knew she was in it. No one had a clue she was the bad guy. Yeah, I didn't. Like, no. And the reveal was so simple but so effective where she's like, you never said her name, did you? And he's like, no. Because I didn't even catch it. Like, it was so done so subtly yeah. that when Doctor Strange stops, like, what? Why, why is he stopping? And then that came out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I had the exact same experience. Because in the, you know in the in the previews the trailers you've got like zombie doctor strange and you've got like oh there's some evil doctor stranges he's fighting but then yeah which did you i assume did you watch the what if show yeah those are fun yeah so yeah some of the episodes weren't great but i think the best one the doctor strange episode was so good yeah i love it because it plays up his ego yeah yeah and i really felt like they took that same thing with uh peggy carter being you know the captain america thing she had her own like what if for that and i thought that was really fun even the zombie like bringing the because marvel zombies is a thing which i'm really hopeful that they contain it to this movie and the what if episode because i just i don't know how that works otherwise but i just thought that was great they're doing a whole marvel zombie show are they? Uh, I'm. Yeah. Is it animated? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm okay with that. I don't know why, but for some reason, I think animated might be a little bit more appealing to me personally. I, as I long as there's so. good stories to it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it'd be difficult to do a, a live action. Um, but I want to. Well, I. I think we should wrap up and get into head cannons. But I do want to talk about just real quick. I, I may mispronounce her name, but the. But America. Uh. Uh. Sochi. 
uh, Gomez, I think her name is. Uh, man, she was only like. Will you say that first name again? I, I, I like the spelling of that. I think it's pronounced Sochi. That's cool. Um, it okay. doesn't look like it, but I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Um, okay. But yeah, she's only, she was only like 15 when they filmed this. Like, she is so good. She's so good. Yeah, she's it. great. Yeah. She definitely had that uh, uh, maturity to her that you wouldn't think that she was 15, but I thought she did great. And I think both with her and Ms. Marvel. You can tell they're they're green. I'm not going to say you can't yeah. tell that they're green, but they also, both of them, you see potential for more. And you see once they sink into these roles, they can really just become it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been other actors out there like Mila Kunis, the start of that 70s show, was not a good actress at 14, <laughs> but man, by that, it was so fun to watch that series and watch her mature as an actress and get so much better. And I just feel the same about America and Ms. Marvel. I think it's going to be really fun to watch them mature into those roles. Yeah. One I... of my favorite scenes was when they go to like the, the next universe, which is all like demolition, man. I thought it was like, it reminded me of demolition man for some reason, but they go, because anyway, oh, when they, it's, I got you. Yeah. It's all like green. Like, it's like utopian looking almost. Yeah. Yeah, utopian looking like it's like there's also like an evil character going into the utopia right and but they go and they what i liked was like the memory machine right and mm. dr strange he stands on it and he knows exactly where he's at he sees like him him and the lady she gives him the watch everything's fine and he steps off and then like america steps on it and her her like very um, amazing memory is of, of like this like wonderful afternoon and there's like there's like butterflies and shit and her parents and like she totally forgets that that's the exact same afternoon and she's like she like yeeted her parents into another universe <laughs> into the multiverse. like it's so happy and she's like oh yeah <laughs> I, did, I killed my parents yeah <laughs> well well they're somewhere they yeah. might not be yeah hopefully hopefully she I like my favorite part of tonight is how much I don't know about this shit that like I wrote jokes about all this stuff and I'm worried to say anything because you guys are like, um, actually, it's not like that at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Actually, in, in issue 20 of Amazing Spider-Man, no. Um, you should still say them. You should still say because mostly Because a lot of our audience will probably be with you, Brent. They'll be like, yeah, I don't know. I made my Demolition Man reference. <laughs> I did love, I thought it was really cool the sequence where they went through all those universes. Yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. And I can't believe we're almost done. We haven't talked about the uh, usual Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell cameo oh, that has pe- to happen. Pizza Papa. Every single, I, I love Bruce so much. He is a national treasure. Yeah. Uh, I just, I love that man. And I thought his... I, I thought it was so funny when she's like, you don't have to pay for things in most universes. And he's yeah. like, hey, you have to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love his end credit thing where he stops punching himself and says, it's over. It's and over. Then the movie ends. Yeah. I just, you know, I, he's delightful. Well, and in, in preparation for this, I watched the Marvel assembled uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness on Disney+. Plus. Oh, cool. I haven't seen those. Yeah. I should probably watch those. It was super interesting. And this one hosted by bruce campbell so that oh i love it that was an extra like and he's he's so funny he's so just like like he just has such a great presence so if nothing else it's worth it to watch it for him (laughs) oh i'm count me in (laughs) 
But um, all right. Well, was there anything anything else uh, I, we could talk about so much? Uh, well, another thing I feel like we have to draw a parallel between the Darkhold, right? This like evil book in this movie and the Necronomicon, right? I feel like there's sure similarity to be drawn there. Um, yeah, but uh, definitely, <laughs> it, it definitely kind of felt like this. Like I said, I was very skeptical when I heard Raimi was taking the reins of this, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Where I'm like, oh, because once again. I have, I have, you know, it, it depends on the movie for me. So I'll, I, like, I appreciate he takes big swings. So I'll see almost every, I didn't see his Wizard of Oz movie. Yeah. But, like, I'll see most of the stuff that he does. I might not dig it, but there's elements that I appreciate. Because he's still kind of, even with big budget, kind of has an indie filmmaker approach to things. Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt like, after seeing this movie, I'm like, okay, I was wrong. This iteration of Doctor Strange to the only he could have done this. Yeah. And a lot of the Raimi-isms that were in here usually kind of take away from the film for me. But for this, I'm like, they just felt so organic to this movie that it just, yeah, I felt like I don't know who else could have directed this. This was Raimi in the, this is Raimi at his best, in my yeah. opinion. Which, and, you know, it's the first movie he directed in, what, like, eight or nine years? Like, it had been so long since the last Oz movie. I think the last thing he did was, what, Crawl? I thought the it was that Oz where movie. where the house is flooded and it has the alligator in it. Okay, oh, I haven't seen that one, no. Or, oh, wait, was that, I don't know if he directed or produced that, but he also did the Drag Me to Hell. That, that yeah, that's older. That's That that was somewhere okay. in the aughts, but yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. Uh, and then I, I know Brent and I have talked about this before, but there, have you, have, have you watched the show chef, the chef show with John Favreau and his, no, no I, I really enjoy that show, but there's on one episode, they have Sam Raimi on and, and, oh, cool. and John Favreau's really into like sourdough bread and he's got like his yeast starter and Sam Raimi's like just trying to get into it. So they have this whole conversation about like yeast and baking bread. And it's like just these two directors like nerding out. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty funny episode. <laughs> I would check that one out. Yeah. Not, I don't really do a lot of the food stuff, but I think because it's those two, I love John Favreau. Yeah. Um, so if, yeah, I think that might be a fun one to check out. <laughs> he, awesome. he, he talks a lot about the, the movies that he, he's made. Yeah. Too. Yeah. There's a lot. And he, they also did an episode where like a lot of the Marvel people, like, I think he did one where Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., um, a lot of like the cast show up for one episode. They all have a big meal and talk oh, about cool. movies and stuff. So next week we're covering 1994's Serial Mom. So be sure to check that out. That's a fun one. And as always, you can follow us on social media on Facebook at Danger Explosion Presents Headcanon, on Instagram at Headcanon Pod, on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. But yeah, so do you guys, um, I know I need to get going, you guys probably do too. Do you have, yep. uh, is there, uh, either one of you guys want to start with the headcanon or I can go first, doesn't matter to me. You can go first. Mind, go. All right, Brent, you want to go? Sure. I thought it'd be interesting if Doctor Strange, he reanimated um, Chadwick Bosman, the actor. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then made a new Black Panther movie as him. <laughs> as inhabiting Black, inhabiting Chadwick Bosman. Oh, Just that's... like puppeteering him. Oh, that's so dark. <laughs> well, I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> that would have been the darkest Marvel movie. No, that's funny. <laughs> Speaking of, did you guys see Werewolf by Night? Not yet. 
Not I, yet. I it's on my cube. I have not seen that okay. yet. I thought it was it was a fun homage to you know classic. Yeah, it's just a little something. You know, yeah, yeah, just short. Something. It's like fifty minutes, um, but it was fun. So my head canon is, and I I started thinking of like one thing, and then I kind of fell down a rabbit hole. But so I guess my head canon is just takes place in the world, the Demolition Man universe, right? <laughs> that that utopia. Um, but so they have the Ultron bots, but Tony but Tony Stark was not part of the Illuminati, right? So in my mind, in that universe, Tony Stark and Mark Ruffalo, uh, Bruce Banner, they must have created Ultron. And instead of fucking it up and creating like evil Ultron, they succeeded and actually like created a good version of the Ultron program. Right. So then that led me to like all these other repercussions that would have. I was like, so then Age of Ultron never happened. Uh, that means there's no vision. Vision never existed in that universe, right? So maybe the Maximovs were just saved from Hydra, and then there was no. They didn't have to fight Ultron or anything. So this, th- then they just go about living their lives, which explains why Wanda Maximoff is just like a a mom, right? She's she's just like living her life, and I don't know who she had kids with, but you know she was with the guy. Maybe they divorced. Maybe he, he died. I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, but then so there's. So then from there, there would be no Sokovia Accords, no Civil War. Uh, you know, maybe Black Panther's dad is still alive and he's the king. Um, S- Spider-Man is maybe just a street-level hero because, you know, Tony Stark would never pull him into the Illuminati. Uh, Bruce Banner wouldn't have flown into space. Uh, so I imagine maybe he and Natasha Romanoff are just, like, living happily ever after. Maybe they ended up, like, getting together and retiring together or something. Um so anyway, oh, also maybe there is no She-Hulk because they're, you know, the car crash would never happen. She-Hulk. So anyway, I just started like if Ultron never oh, existed. Oh, that's awesome. That's a fun rabbit hole. Cause yeah. it's like if that didn't, if Ultron worked. Right. What does that mean? Yeah. Then basically after that's that, great. like almost nothing that happened in any of the movies would have happened after that point, you know? So anyway, I even thought like, you know, if Thor's not off searching for the stones, he would have gone back to Asgard. Maybe he realizes earlier that Loki's impersonating Odin. And he's like, hey, cut that out. They just throw him back in jail. He pulls Odin back to Asgard. Odin doesn't die. Hela doesn't come. Asgard still exists. You know, I don't know. Uh. Yeah, I dig that. <laughs> so that's that's my headcanon is that that universe so, would have to be vastly different. Yeah, I wonder if maybe, maybe Hulk did go into space because maybe he thought since... The whole point of the Ultron program was as armor around the world and to protect the world from threats. I was going to say foreign domestic, but more like globally <laughs> and universally. Right. Um, so maybe in that way, maybe Hulk did leave because he thought, well, now the greatest threat here is me. Yeah. Uh, now that you have, you're kind of protected. So one of the things I was thinking about for mine is now that the Illuminati is dead, including Mr. Fantastic. Now they're all of a sudden the most powerful organization of good guys is gone. So that kind of leaves the door open for doom to kind of come in and take over. Because if you know the comics and especially a secret war. So in secret wars, he had the power to create this new world. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he was in charge of it because these powers, he like, people's memories were wiped where all they remembered was this world that doom was 
the leader of right. everything. Ba- Battle so World, maybe right? He's, huh? It was called Battle World? Like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, Battle World. But, like, he was, I mean, he completely reassembled the entire... Ocean Man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ocean Master. Yeah. DC, my friend. Yeah. But like, yeah, maybe maybe what happens is maybe Doom is able to, you know, and he's a genius scientist too, so maybe he finds a way to have those Ultron robots then work for him. So now you now you have to have Tony Stark coming out of retirement because once right. Ultron was in place, he retired. He he wanted to be done. Yeah. After that, that was going to be his greatest and last gift to the world so now iron man has to come maybe he recruit recruits whoever black panther is and namor to have to create their own group yeah. to go after doom so that might be because i mean i was thinking about like all the most powerful good guys are dead in this universe so yeah yeah huge opportunity. huge power vacuum there yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and and for the main universe you know for anybody listening who doesn't know we like we already know we are getting doom in the mcu um and and the next two avengers movie is is the kang dynasty is the first one yep. and then the other avengers movie they, they've announced is is avengers secret wars so yeah so it's yeah definitely yeah, so we'll see leading to the which oh man i'm so excited to see um what's that actor's name who plays kang uh I know what you're talking about. He's also in Lovecraft jo- County. Is it Jonathan country. Majors? Is that the right name? Well, I'm blanking on that. Whoever that um, actor. I know who you're talking about, though. Um, he was great. He was great in Loki. He's fun. He, yeah, he was so good in Loki. Yeah, I'm so excited to see and to see what he does in the the next Ant Man and the Wasp movie. Yeah, that movie looks amazing. I didn't like the second Ant Man and Wasp. It just felt like a yeah. uh, comedy sequel where it's just like, hey, you remember these hilarious jokes from the first one? <laughs> We're gonna do it in this one, but worse. Right. Um, <laughs> and Lawrence uh, Fishburne is in it for a minute. I think the third one looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited Is to see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, oh, they cool. ju- they just released it, yeah, like last it week, looks I think. Great, um, but yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. I'm curious though, what era the Fantastic Four is going to take place? Only because in this Doctor Strange movie, when Mister Fantastic announces himself, Doctor Strange like, didn't you didn't you guys peak in the '60s? Right. So I'm curious about that. Um, well, I would, you feel be weird? would you feel weird if someone was like, and now the smartest man in the universe, like the way they like, they introduced him was so like cheesy. Like, is he ever like, Hey, don't say my name. <laughs> He's like, don't, I hope don't so. do that. <laughs> I hope so. Cause I love that Thor Ragnarok when Thor was trying to break through the password for the ship and he's like strongest Avenger and it didn't recognize it. Yeah. And then Bruce did it. And it's like, Hello, Doctor Banner. Yeah, and Thor is like all offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love that. I would love if they called that out. Like, just say my name. Yeah. Yeah. Just be. <laughs> stop being so weird about it. <laughs> so cool. What does Our, Tony Stark have to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Noah, is there anything else uh, you want to plug or leave us with? Direct people toward uh, where to follow you, where to find you. Uh, when does this come out? Probably, I think about, oh, you know what? Oh, I should say, I think this is going to be, I, I looked at the calendar. I think this will be the last episode of the year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, great. <laughs> cool. Well, in that case, go to SpartacusCoffee.com for all your coffee needs. Yeah. Uh, we definitely are very competitive pricing-wise with other ones. So, you'll be very happy to order from there because you'll save a little bit of money. Uh, so yeah, SpartacusCoffee.com, 
Spark His Coffee on all social media, uh, my Coffee Time podcast with Noah Kinsey. All my social media is at the Noah Kinsey for Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's it at this point. We have other stuff coming up, but for now, I think that that would be that would be it. Awesome, awesome, cool. Well, thank you. It's good talking to you. Good hanging out with you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was a on. lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. I miss you guys. Yeah, miss likewise, too, likewise. Yeah, and everybody at home, thank you for listening. This has been Head Cannon. Oh, please.